jumping into a new series called I Am. Everybody say I Am. And the biggest question I see teenagers ask is, who am I? Who's God called me to be? You know, we all have friends who, like, they try so hard to be cool. You know, they try so hard to be in with the in crowd, and, and all along God's saying, dude, just be yourself. I created you to be you. There's nobody else that can be you. I created you with that, that goofy laugh. Nobody else has it. The one that snorts, you know? I, I created you with those, you know, weird-looking toenails, all right? Nobody else has it. With the fungus, yes, among us, all right? God created you to be unique, so don't try to be like somebody else. They, he created them to be them, you be you. Because when you become you, the plan he's called you to, it just makes sense. You fit in it. And so what we're hitting tonight is I am. When the world tells me who I'm not, God tells me who I am. I'm going to open up with this story. When I was in sixth grade, let me just back up. Let me explain to you. When you're in fifth grade, that's the top of the totem pole. You know what I mean? You're a fifth grader. You're above all these little puny first graders and second graders, you know? And then when you jump into sixth grade, it's like, yeah, that's right. I'm in sixth grade now, you know? What's up, you know? You're a sixth grader. That's cool. And to me, when I was out of elementary school, dude, I was cool. I'm in middle school, whole other building, you know what I mean? Whole other world, you know what I mean? I'm with the seventh and eighth graders now, so you better... Yeah, don't look at me like that. I'm a sixth grader. You know what I mean? That's how it was. And I remember one day during recess, that was another cool thing about sixth grade is you had recess. You know what I mean? That's just how we rolled. In, in my sixth grade, you did. It was, it was pretty cool. We'd go to recess, and there's this group of kids, and they would always, at recess, they wore these white shirts, but underneath their white shirts, is, uh, they'd wear another shirt, and there's no other way that I know to call it, but they called it a wife beater. I don't know if you guys know what that looks like. No, these sixth graders did not, were not married and beating their wives. But it was just like a, kind of like a tank top type thing, but it was like a muscle shirt. And so all these sixth graders, man, come recess, dude, they take off their out shirt and they just wear these, you know, white beards. So they're like little scrawny sixth graders, but they're trying to be really strong or whatnot. I remember one day at recess, I was like, dude, I wish I was one of those guys, you know? You see them over there pushing, pushing each other in the swings. Look how much fun they're having. I wish I had a wife beater. I wish I had a shirt like that. So I went home. And I scrummaged through my clothes, and guess what? I found my wife beater. That's right. I put it on, and I put another shirt on over it. I said, today, my world's going to change. I am no longer going to be over here with the little nerds on the slides. I'm going over here to the cool people by the swings, you know? So I walk over there. They, you know, the bell rings. Everybody goes to recess. I see those guys take their shirts off, showing their little wannabe muscles, you know? I walk over there. I take my shirt off, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, what's up? They start looking at me weird. I was like, why are you looking at me weird? You know what I mean? I got my shirt just like you guys. I'm like, I'm like you now. And I noticed that my shirt was a little bit above my belly button. <laughs> and I did not notice the check, but evidently um, it was a little bit too short. And so they all pointed at me and laughed. I was like, what do you say? You know what I mean? like, oh, I'm just going to head back over to the slides. Uh, I'll see you guys. I'm just going to stay, stay by the slides, you know? And I remember another time, the same group, you think you, you, think you learn. It's just like, how, how much stupid stuff do we have to do to try to fit in with somebody that doesn't even care about you? Have you guys ever done something so, they just, like, what were you thinking? Like, retarded, like, stupid? Like, what do you, you, you did what to try to impress them? 
Has anybody ever done anything like that besides me? Please. Please say yes. Thank you. (laughs) The same group of guys that wore these shirts at recess, they had this really funny voice, and they used to talk talk to each other like this because they thought it was funny. And uh, so they'd, so one guy would go, hey, what you doing? And the other guy, and this isn't the way they talked. They, just, they were just goofing off. That was their cool thing. So they'd talk to each other like, where did you get on that? And I'm like, oh, I just got a C. And they're like, sweet, give me a high five, you know? And for some reason, that was the cool. And I, I had a weird sixth grade, all right? Those were the cool kids. Most of the time, those were the kids that were the weird ones, but it was backwards, all right? So I remember I'll walk over there. I go, what's up, guys? How you doing? Give me a high five, you know? And they look at me and they go, dude, who are you? I said, like, I'm, I'm landing. I got high five. And they're like, no. They just walked away. I was like, oh, man. You know? You just kind of stand there. I'm like, dude, but I want to be you because you're so cool. And in my eyes, I mean, the sixth grade cheerleaders hung out with these guys. They were cool. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I, wanted, I was looking for a group to feel accepted in. I, I couldn't find out where I fit. And some of you guys, you're looking and you're asking and you're, you're looking out at your friends. You're like, where do I fit? Do I fit in on this group? Do I fit in over here? Do I fit in? Where's my, where, where do I belong? Where do I, who am I? And I remember my uh, sixth grade teacher, Miss Templeton, I always remember her because she had this huge old fro and she walks over to me. She goes, Landon, you don't have to talk silly to be somebody's, to be their friend. She goes, I heard what you said. You're just trying to be like them. Just be yourself. And to this day, I remember those words that that old lady told me, Miss Templeton, just be yourself. I want to tell you guys, be yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, just be yourself. If you have to impress somebody for them to be your friend, you don't need them. If you have to change who God's called you to be to impress somebody so they'll be your friend, they're not a friend at all. You'll find a true friend when they like you just because you're you. You don't have to dress cool. You don't have to do this or do that to fit in. You're just yourself. And when you find somebody who says, dude, I like you because you're yourself, that's a friend you want to hold on to. My point number one, I'm going to hit three quick points tonight. And then we're going to wrap it up because God's still on the move. He's doing some stuff. But my point number one is why what people label you to be isn't what God has called you to be. You guys, most of you guys already know, basically, when you go to school, and I know we've got some homeschoolers here. HS, yeah, what's up? Homeschool. All right, anyways. I can't make that with my fingers, so. <laughs> HS, you know, I don't know. All right. But you remember, like, basically, I, I remember, like, if, you, if you're nerdy, you know, if you like computers, in my school, you're called a nerd. Do we have any nerds here tonight? Yeah. And, then, like, if you played sports, what do they call you? A jock. a jock. I don't know where that word came from, but they called you that? If... If you were all black all the time, they called you emo. They did the whole, dude, those are those emo kids over there. You know what I mean? They're always wearing black, and they're just emo, emotional, emo. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have all these different, all these different names people try to put on you to associate you with a group. The world's trying to name you, put a name on you, 
for like whatever you like or whatever you do. And they will always try to put a label or a name on you. When you meet Jesus, that name goes out the window. And from then on, you are a Jesus follower. You are a Christian. So the next time somebody in the world tries to put a label on you or call you a nerd or call you a jock, you go, no, 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 no. I'm none of that. I just follow Jesus. People need to associate you with who you follow, not what you do. When was the last time people walked up to you and they noticed something different about your life? When was the last time you were around a circle of your friends and you brought up the name Jesus? I don't know. I was driving home the other night, and I think it was the, some of the high school guys, we went bowling, and uh, we have, I discovered that we have a lot of terrible bowlers in this youth group, in the high school, but we have some good ones too, okay? And uh, Elbert, uh, a.k.a. Evan, we named him Elbert, and then Byron, we named his bowling name was uh, Bumperin, and so uh, Bumperin had a mean strike, and so anyways... When we, uh, Byron dropped me off, and I was walking up to our apartment, and this guy had his dog, a boxer dog, and he's letting the dog go to the bathroom, and he goes, hey, dude, what do you do? He goes, you're always coming home late hours of the night. He goes, what type of work do you do? I said, well, I'm a youth pastor. Most of the time, I'm hanging out with students or just doing stuff with the church or whatnot. And he goes, you know what? He goes, my wife and I, man, we, we just moved in town. We've been needing to find a church. We're just, we're just not sure to where to go. Maybe we ought to check out your church. I said, yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. He told me he was Catholic, and he goes, what does your church believe? What happened? God opened up a door for me to step into and say, well, let me tell you about Jesus. There are doors God opens up for you all the time where you have an opportunity to step in and to say, let me tell you about Jesus. You've got to recognize when a door is being opened, when somebody's inviting you to share your faith, step in and tell them about Jesus. The reason why, the thing that separates you from becoming just an attender to becoming a disciple, an attender comes to church and he sits and then he goes back home. A a disciple comes to church and he doesn't just get sit, he gets involved. A disciple walks out and he's not afraid to share his faith with Christ. A disciple can recognize when a door is being opened and you, we all have friends, and if you're, anything, if you're living your life anything like Jesus, they'll begin to recognize there's something different about you. I pray that when I get around people, they just say, dude, there's something. I, don't, I just don't know what it is, but there's just something different. about You're not like those nerds over there. You're, you're not like those jocks over there. You're, you're not like those emo kids. There's something different about you. You don't laugh at those dirty jokes. You don't, you know, you don't go to those parties on Friday nights. You, th- there's something different about you. What's happening? God opens up a door for you to step through and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Point number two. Jesus sees your, actually that's point number three. When you truly meet Jesus, everything changes. We all know people who say they're a Christian, but their life speaks otherwise. Anybody know anybody like that? Man, I, I used to, our last youth ministry, I went into uh, four different high schools every morning. And the biggest thing that I encountered was students who said that they loved Jesus, but they didn't act like it. 
And I had friends come to me and say, dude, even the guy who does our club at school, like, you know, he'll, he'll give a Bible lesson, but then I know he goes and his house is the one that everybody throws the parties at. And you see all these people who check Christian on their Facebook, but they're not living like Jesus. I don't want you guys just to check Christian on your Facebook. I don't want you guys just to come to church. I don't want you guys just to say that you're, you know, that you love Jesus, but you're not serving Jesus. We all know people who say, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, and their life speaks otherwise. I'm so proud of Nick, Nick Reynoso. Just raise your hand real fast. Everybody say, what's up, Nick? I'm so proud of Nick because Nick has made basically a total change in his life. He's, he's done some things that's been so intense that he actually deleted his Facebook of all the friends that he had were, that reminded him of his old life, and he created a brand new Facebook. Dude, that's cool. The other day, Nick walked in, and they're watching this show, and he walks into his friends and goes, dude, why are you watching that? You know I don't watch that stuff. And one of his friends, from what I understand, began to cuss him out. Nick opened up the door. He says, but let me tell you about, he goes, you're a Christian, but you don't act like, he goes, would you be watching this if Jesus walked in the room? And Nick's friend's like, dude, I'm not going to answer that. Would you be listening to this music if Jesus walked in the room? Dude, I'm not, I'm not going to answer it because they already know the answer is no. We need to be so bold that you're willing to confront your friends with love. And say, dude, I know that you say you, you're a Christian, but you're not living like Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. Dude, I'm so proud of Nick. Everybody give it up for Nick real fast. I'm going to throw something else out there. Nick's talking to me, and he's planning on uh, hooking up with some of his friends. And I'm going to be meeting with him later on. And I've been kind of helping him, um, kind of coaching him through this. But they're planning on starting up two school clubs when school starts back. They've already had their first meeting. And I said, Nick, let's think a little bigger. Let's plan on hitting six high schools when the fall starts, where we have six schools where we're able to go in and tell people about Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? Some of you guys, God wants to use you to talk to your friends about Jesus. God wants to use you to be literally Jesus with skin on. They see something's different about you, and you're the one that's supposed to start up that school club. You got summertime, get ready. Get ready. It's kind of like, you know, the thing that, I, thing that I think of when Rocky was about to go box, you know? He put his gloves on. Yo, Adrian. You know, that's what he say when I, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Rocky before. Yo, Adrian, I did it, you know? And, and there's this one scene where he's kind of like running up and down the stairs, you know? And Rocky music's playing. We don't have any Rocky music, but he's running up and down the stairs. Dun, 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 you know, and then, and then he get up to the very top of the steps and he's just kind of, yeah, you know, everybody's like, I love you, Rocky. You're the man, you know? Rocky. He was, what was he doing? Dude, he was getting ready for the big fight. He's getting ready for the big, it, something's about to go down. In Chinatown. And that's not where we fought. It just rhymed. Okay? <laughs> Dude, that's where you guys need to be during the summer. You need to be like Rocky, just getting ready because when school starts back up, dude, you're starting this club. God's going to use you. Things are going to explode. Your school's going to get saved. Your friends are going to get set on fire. Can anybody say amen to this? Amen. Some of you guys are in training. God's wanting to put you in training to reach your world. Start putting the gloves on. Fight night's coming. 
2011 fall school semester. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Point number three. Everybody say point number three. Jesus sees your potential when everyone else sees your past. I don't care who you used to be. I don't care who people have, what the world has labeled you to be. I don't care the things you used to struggle with. People walk up to me, and I know they're supposed to tell me a sin that they're going through. They're like, but Landon, dude, man, it's bad. It's really bad. Dude, you don't know. No, what I'm struggling with is really, really bad. I said, your your sin doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare Jesus either. That's why he died on the cross, to forgive you of your sin. He's like, no, you don't. You do, you don't. It's not about what you did. It's about what you're going to do. You've heard this expression, it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. I don't care about your past. I don't care about the bad decision you made. Past is the past. God's wanting to use you to do something crazy in your future. Today's a new day for some of you guys. And the truth of it is, some of you guys, the world's labeled and put a label over you. You're fat. You're ugly. You're nerdy. You're skinny. You know, you're too skinny. You know, you're too... All, they label you and they, they say all this stuff. And instead of just pushing it off and say, you know what? God says that I'm not that. God says that I'm anointed. God says that I'm chosen. God says something different. Instead of doing that, you say, well, maybe I am a little chunky. Maybe I am too skinny. Well, maybe I am kind of stupid. Maybe I won't finish high school. And you begin to buy into the lies that the devil's throwing out. Dude, you're, yeah, some of you guys, you bought into so, many, so much lies. And God says, you know what? I died so you don't have to live like this. Some of you are bound and you don't even know it. When you look in the mirror, the things that you see are not good. They're bad. God's created you to be used so that when you look in the mirror, you say, dude, that's the best person I've seen all day. You know what I mean? Not cocky, but you're just confident because God made a masterpiece when he made you. He didn't mess up. He made you on purpose to be you. So the next time, next time the devil comes up and tries to say how stupid you are, how much of a failure you are, and, and all of this junk and throws all these lies, you just come back and you say, you know what? God, God says that I'm chosen. God, God says that he loves me. God says that he's going to use me. Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to hit this and then we're going to wrap it up. Everybody turn to Jeremiah real fast. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 5. I was going to share another story, but this is, this is a verse I feel like I'm going to share with you real fast. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. If you're there, say yeah. yeah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. What does that mean? You're not an accident from your parents. God planned on you being here. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet of the nations. Now God's talking to Jeremiah and talking about the plan that he had on his life. But I would say this, before you were born, God was already planning your life. God knew the summer that you're going to have in 2011, and he knew the school that you're going to go to when you become a senior or a junior, whatever grade. He knew the friends that you're going to have. He already planned the whole thing out. And I'll take it a step further. God's planned out your whole life. And if you'll listen to him, and if you'll be willing to say, God, I want to be whatever you called me to be, 
he will use you to do some huge things. Everybody say, I am. If I can have everybody bow their, head, bow their heads, we can bring the lights down real fast. I really feel strong. I'm supposed to do two things. Number one, nobody looks around. This is just you and the Lord. Earlier I talked about how we all know sometimes these people who call themselves Christians, but they're not living for the Lord.